The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this Sunday, May 10th, Mother's Day 2020, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We gather to worship Almighty God. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, and when and as it is again permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Today's service of worship includes the greeting and sermon new this week, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast from 2017. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
may we pray. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Let not your hearts be troubled. We begin our hour of worship Sunday by Sunday with a moment of confession, a prayer of lament and contrition, as we pause to lay before Almighty God all that has been with the pardon and prospect of all that is yet to be. We come together in the mystery of a unity of mutual indwelling, the mystery of a unity of mutual indwelling. As the choir guides us in singing, may we pause for a moment of confession and prayer. Let not your hearts be troubled. Beloved, hear good news of God's pardon and God's peace to warm our hearts this day. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the first epistle of Peter, chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, 
Let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 31 with the antiphon. refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net which is hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine on your servants. Save me through your steadfast love. Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patria and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwellings. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and still you do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and, in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Wherever there is a way, there is Christ. Wherever there is truth, there is Christ. Wherever there is life, there is Christ. The gospel today reveals three secrets to lasting health in life. Here is the marrow of worship wherein we care for the body of Christ to rediscover the things that make for peace. And this is the point of Mother's Day to reflect on the healthy habits of being graciously given us by those who raised us that have made us happy and kept us healthy. One day at a time, one day at a time. As my grandmother pasted on her kitchen door in her late 80s, today, do one thing, there, you've done one thing. Now an opening confession and a concern about your preacher today. He is pretty rusty at preaching on Mother's Day. For 14 years past here at Marsh Chapel, this was the Sunday our graduating seniors spoke. You will be pleased to hear four of them next Sunday, May 17th. For 11 years before that, in Rochester, New York, the Mother's Day sermon was usually given by one of my three supremely talented female associates with accumulated degrees from Boston University, Colgate, Yale, University of Pennsylvania, Colgate Rochester, and exceptionally, preeminently, Ohio Westland. This was a practice based on the awareness that these three pioneers from the first full wave and at the top level of women in ministry also were all mothers of many years experience and might actually know quite a bit more about it than their boss, which they did. What gifts they brought to ministry. We shall continue to see, by the way, in similar fashion, the gracious gifts of gay clergy, now not just here and there, but in a great wave coming soon. Then, too, in Syracuse, the 11 years before that, Mother's Day was devoted to a celebration of the United Methodist women of that church, without whom no money would have been raised, no educational programs mounted, no mission investment done, nor hardly a fellowship dinner arranged. The sermon came from the United Methodist Women President that Sunday. It usually began with an old story, like the one about the UMW group that was mistakenly sent to hell. After a month, the devil placed a long-distance phone call upstairs to heaven to ask that they be removed. Why, asked Peter? Because, said Beelzebub, they are a thorn in my flesh. They are organized, they raise money, they increase membership, and now the last straw. They have a fundraiser to put in air conditioning. I want them out of here. Or, like the one about a friend who once received a gracious introduction with this humorous response. I wish my parents were in the room to hear such a glowing, flattering introduction. My father would have enjoyed it, and my mother would have believed it. Or like the one about the UMW leader who was asked, Madam President, if I give lots of money to the church, will it get me into heaven? Discarding all the theological responses to the contrary, she paused and replied, well, it's worth a try. So, it has been 36 years and the pastor today is a little rusty regarding Mother's Day preaching. Bear with me, preach with me, and hear the gospel. Way, truth, life. Wherever there is a way, there is Christ. Wherever there is truth, there is Christ. Wherever there is life, there is Christ. This is one of the deepest unities of the Holy Scripture. And in the deep unities of Scripture, 
we lean again into the secrets of healthy life. First, way. We learn from others, especially in the home. What parents do is crucial, especially, we might say, during this virus. The example parents set will be the path children walk. Parents, regardless of any or no religious tradition, model dimensions of spirituality for their children. Children watch and listen. I think this Mother's Day 2020 of young mothers in New England, maybe you, today, one half mom, one half professional, one half wife, one half homeschool administrator, one half neighbor, and that's not the half of it. One day I saw a young mother walking in a department store. She had two little girls in tow to starboard and her own elderly mother to port. Girls pulled ahead and grandma lagged behind and between daughters and grandmother and promises to keep, I thought I overheard this practical prayer from the mom in the middle. Lord, get me through this day. Phyllis Tribble taught us long ago that reading the Bible involves your own perspective. It matters what you bring with you into the reading room. I imagine women and men on this Sunday trying desperately to balance the generational claims of relationship and in some cases to sift through hard memories, hurts, traumas left by another generation. You are trying to raise another generation to be faithful, good, boys and girls, women and men. They know what they see. But we know others are hurting too in harsher and different ways. We keep things in perspective and in prayer. Think for a moment of the mother of Amaud Arbery, killed this week in the crossfire of race and class the crossfire of culture and guns. We hold things in perspective and in prayer. Our gospel lessons, like John 14, are primary sources for the time, occasion, community, and condition in and for which they were first written. They are secondary sources, at best, for what may have come before. So, two weeks ago, Luke 24 showed us Luke and his community in joyful celebration of the mystery of the Lord's ascent. At his ascent, they did ascent, perhaps following decades of loss, displacement, and martyrdom. Having lived through the long old-time religion winter of, the, of most of the first century and all its rigors, they acclaimed a faith in a high divine goodness through it all. This is the example that Jesus has shown us in his life and in the lives of his own. More than we acknowledge, the examples of those around us sustain us in hidden, powerful ways. Near Pittsburgh, Frank Lloyd Wright built his famous home for the Kaufman family called Falling Waters. It is built into the stone on top of the flowing water alongside the verdant forest amid the wondrous rolling beauty of southern Pennsylvania. It protrudes, suspended nearly in thin air, like our own lives so often seem to be. The house is held up by cantilevers, like a diving board or a teeter-totter. The strength and saving grounding are hidden away in the rock, and out the house stretches. 
I think that is like the hidden, silent strength that parents, by example, give to children. We remember what we have seen, by example, through others. This Mother's Day 2020, we think of suffrage and suffragettes 100 years ago, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, of reforms and reformers 100 years ago, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman. We learn from others, especially in the home. What parents do is crucial. So too is what parents say. As we are tightly quartered now, parents at the office in the living room and children at school in the dining room, we might want to measure what we say, to think before we speak. For the gospel reveals another of the secrets to health and what is said. We learn from what is said to us by those whom we love. Our minds cannot change unless our hearts are changed. No argument will ever be as strong as ardent care. What changes people comes from what is said by those they know who care. One esteemed union professor could in the end never speak to me because he could never speak for me. Especially, we might say, during this virus, the wisdom, the sayings, the forms of speech children hear from their parents will be more formative and more lasting than the pandemic itself. A friend said to me just recently, I think of my grandmother telling me, keep your wits about you, keep your wits about you. At Sing Sing, almost 100 years ago, another suffragette, the warden's wife, became one of those people. She attended to the imprisoned. When she found a blind prisoner, she learned Braille and taught him. When she found a deaf prisoner, she learned sign language and taught him. In that hardest of places, she spoke the language of love. When she died and her coffin was pulled past the gates, the men stood in silence in her honor and asked if the gate could be opened so that they might fill the chapel, promising to return. The warden took them at their word, and to a man they kept the promise and returned. We listen to those we trust. Our deeds are important, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but so and more so are our words. So we have a fourth gospel, John. John best reminds us that what lasts is what we say. What did Jesus say on the night he was glorified? John 14 to 17. John celebrates the secret in speech. God, Christ's spirit, all for John are known in the glory that is the cross, the strange divine manner among us, the little preposition in holds the mystical magic of every day, celebrate, dance, love, sing, live, God in Christ, Christ in God, Spirit in Christ in God. We see him, they in us, and a new commandment coming our way, new, new, something new. Are we ready for something new? Jesus has said something to us that is the very secret of lasting health. And what is it? Way, truth, life, love one another. He binds what he says to what he does. Form and function come and go together. 
So Jesus is the word, the word of God for us. The gospel continues to teach us something that is the very secret of lasting health and happiness. At every step, Jesus is inviting you to deepen your capacity, to sharpen your acuity, to soften your heart. Today we dimly realize again just how much Jesus has shared with us. I think of that young mother balancing daughters and grandmother. They stop at the counter in Kaufman's. She buys some perfumes and body lotions. Later, she wraps them and gives them as symbols of affection. Especially, we might say, during this virus, the living, the sharing of life modeled by parents will in the long run have a sturdy, lasting effect on children. It is not so much what we are going through as how we are going through what we are going through in spring 2020 that lasts. It is not so much what we are going through as how we are going through what we are going through in spring 2020 that lasts. Here we need to learn, we in the North, from some of our Southern cousins. They have shown us how to take better care of Mother, Mother Church. At least this. We need to learn again to attend to the body of Christ. They care to apply the body lotions of hospitality and generosity to the body of Christ. They attend to the body, like a mother tending her children and parents. They attend to the body, the church, the body of Christ, like a young mother fretting for toddlers and the aged. It is not just the mind of Christ that we seek. It is not just the spirit of Christ that we need. It is not just the truth of Christ that we desire. We need particularly here up north, years of body lotions applied to the church, the body of Christ. As Hal Lecoq always said in playful and gentle reference to different religious cultures and worship attendants, south and north. When I preached in the south, the sermon hymn was always, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. When I preached in the north, the gospel lesson was always, wherever two or three are gathered. Oddly or divinely, were we to invest ourselves fully in the house not made with hands, our more minor differences would gradually dissolve. We need to apply some ointment, some healing salve, some body lotions to the body of Christ. I remember visiting a young woman who had been raised by her grandmother in the last months of her grandmother's life, the young woman would visit, and I was privileged to watch their consort together. She would stand by the bedside and comb her grandmother's hair and straighten her glasses and rub her arms and hands with lotion. It was a wordless rebaptism that meant more than all the Psalms of David and all the parables of Jesus and all the paragraphs of the Book of Discipline. As Jean Outka of Yale put it, God loves us before any merit on our part. Love is spontaneous and unmotivated, indifferent to value, creative, and initiates fellowship. God's love should prevail when we estimate our neighbor's value. We should not allow our dislike of particular harms others inflict us on us or our condemnation of particular evil deeds 
however understandable or justified, to take normative precedence over God's love for every person. Such love should rather carry final authority for us and evoke in us a corresponding love. This, too, is the secret of lasting health which Jesus has shared. The secret shown, love one another, way. The secret spoken, love one another, truth. The secret shared, love one another, life. Now, if memory serves, and remember your preacher today is rusty, a Mother's Day sermon concludes with a memory, so, in the late spring of 1966, my mom invited me to have a talk on the back stoop of our parsonage, the only home then I had ever really known. Now, I had never been invited to a back porch conversation. In those days and years, gently, she had ambled about the little town of Hamilton, New York, a bucolic place of ice skating, sleds, swimming lessons, autumn, the Baptist church bells hour by hour and loud and deep, early in the morning and late at night. After breakfast, one day that spring, gently she sat with me on the back steps. The words hardly landed, caught as I was in the Eastertide reverie of boyhood, making plans for the next ball game. From where we sat, I could spot two windows through which I had flown, launched, catapulted two baseballs. Eric, whose dad was the Colgate librarian, was also involved. Two sons break, two fathers repair, the world turns. I could see a half-finished go-kart, no wheels. I could look at the neighbor's garden, which I had also tilled for fun, such as youth. Across the street lived the feared Russian professor, next door to the feared teak fraternity, alongside a feared empty and quite possibly haunted house. I could see the evidence of unreflective, free life, naive, unaware, redolent with happiness, responsive. All this was about to change, for good or forever. Gently she spoke, but again I could not quite hear or believe or intuit, she said. We are moving in June. Next month, next month we will leave Hamilton. You will have your 12th birthday in another town. It was clear that I did not comprehend, so she said. Bobby, we are going to move in June. Then a torrent of words I did not understand and to some measure still do not understand came forth. Itinerancy, appointment, Methodism, conference, apportionment, bishop. I also was not seeing her clearly because somehow my eyes were all watered, producing a difficulty to see, probably due to pollen in the spring air, don't you think? We had not needed privacy before in which to speak. Somehow I should have known that a back porch talk meant dark news, and so early in the morning, early too early, to gather the friends, our fight and argue gang, and attempt to puzzle through with them the meaning of such disaster. But the talk was not done. Way, truth, life. She, my then young, lovely, gentle mom, in example and in speech and in generosity, had something more to say. You know, she said, I know this makes you very sad. 
but this will be the best thing that ever happened to you. You will make new friends. You will see. You will have a new house, bigger and better. You will see. You can come back in the summer by bus for the Colgate chemistry program. You will see. Your sisters will be with you. Here she may have gotten a little off script. Your sisters will be with you. You will see. And there is something more. Your dad and I and your siblings need you to help us to do this. We are going to do this together. You are the oldest and you can do it. I just know you can and I know you will. I just know you can and I know you will. You're going to love it. I guarantee it. And of course, she was right. Wherever there is a way, there is Christ. Wherever there is truth, there is Christ. Wherever there is life, there is Christ. Amen. We now come to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Our true Father, Mother, thank you for providing the time, the space, and the awareness in our hearts to give gratitude for all that you have done, are doing, and continue to do. We are ready to be in awe. Your universal church nurtures and guides your creation to better know you and each other. It shows us how to live and love in the midst of seeming darkness. It casts the shadows off even, but if for small moments, so that we can glimpse the radiance of pure light. Help us to treat your world as though we understand that everything has in it this glow of goodness. Let us not abuse the air, the land, the water, or any creature who depends on it. And when we do so ignorant, show us, ignorantly, show us the way to better living. As First John states, let us love one another because love is from God. So if we know God, then we know love, and love 
cannot treat its sibling unjustly. It lifts its possessors to a place of holy fight for what is right. And it does not condemn anyone to be a victim or a victimizer, but reveals that God made them righteously. Allow love to fill us up so that it becomes entirely natural for us to care for the sick, sinning, and suffering. Let no earnest prayer go unanswered. Help our congregation to use our time together wisely so that we may grow in our affection, dedication, and understanding. As you wish us to be, let us be. Amen. And as our Savior Christ has taught us, we now pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
oh holy God, our friend and companion, receive these gifts for your service in this community and smile upon the givers, we pray. Amen. May the sun so warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shines through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes God's hand to you, the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.